welcome to worship here in person at Sidman United Methodist Church and as to those viewing online. I have to see this one. If you are able to stand, please stand and join in singing the hymn of praise, Lift High the Cross. Number 304, the first four verses. Sponsored reading from Psalm 16, verses 5 through 11. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it's in the Old Testament on page 468. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. 
Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see the You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Please be seated. You turn to the back of the bulletin for the announcements. Uh, in two weeks on Sunday, April 30th, there will be an oil anointing service. And then the charge announcements today at 3 o'clock here at the Sidman Church. There will be an informational meeting on denominational choices presented by the Reverend Laurel Saffel, chair of the WPA chapter of the Wesley Covenant Association. And also in two weeks on the 30th, there will be a vote on the church's affiliation. Affiliation. District Conference at the Grove Avenue United Methodist Church, which is in Moxham, and that is at three o'clock. Um, I did, I see some people brought in donations for the orphanage. Thank you very much for those. And we did get a request from them. Uh, in addition to those items, they're also looking for bath towels and girls underwear and bras. If you would like to donate any of that, just stick it under the table. Any other announcements? Uh, today is a, a meeting for you to get some information about the different denominations that you have a choice to go to. Because we're going to next, uh, uh, she's coming from Washington, Washington County, not Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, the information she's going to be giving us will be vital for you to know so you know how to vote. Next week in the bulletin, I think in the bulletin, will be a summary of uh, the different denominations. So you can, uh, she has information that she's going to give to you. Uh, if, if we have to, we'll put a, a summary of information in the bulletin next week for each denomination. And then on the, the 30th, we'll vote. We'll vote on which denomination you want to go to. We'll take we'll, uh, 50%, but we'll take the, there may be two, one may be nine, one may be eight. So the following week we'll have a vote and, and choose the, the number one the number one choice. That'll take place on we'll have the results hopefully on May the seventh, uh, uh, the first uh, uh, communion in uh, in May. And also we have a uh, a puzzle for you to figure out because this doesn't tell you where it is. I'll give you a clue. When I see the people later today, I will tell them that they left off the location. So that should help you with where, where, where it's going, going to be. Uh, yeah, we're using a word that you're not used to hearing, affiliation. Who are we going to affiliate with? We're done with the disaffiliation. disaffiliation. We have until April the 1st to turn everything in and to pay them. One check. We can pay them with one August. check. August. August the 1st. What did I say? April. April. Let's start with an A. I was close. August the 1st, uh, somewhere in Greensburg. At least they're coming. I'm at Greensburg. Where am I? Am I in the Johnstown district? I am? Uh, okay. I'll get it straight yet. It's only been here a year and a half. Uh, they're going to come to uh, Johnstown. And uh, all the churches were scheduled for 11 to 11.50. All the churches can go there then and give them their money or a payment. In our case, we'll be able to give them one check it's all paid for, and uh, 
we're, we're disaffiliated as far as that's concerned. As far as my appointment is concerned, my appointment will go until, the, until April, August the 1st, appointed by the United Methodist Church. Now what happens after that depends on what takes place on April the 30th when we vote. Which direction do you, do you uh, want, want to go in? Uh, so that takes, that takes care of that. Will the children come forward for children's messages? One of them just went to the bathroom. I said, you want to take my egg? You know what he said to me? Mm. I said, no. 
He said, I want, I want this egg. I said, why do you want that egg? And it's it, well, yeah, that's kind of dark from the chicken coop. And, and I said, you know, it's, it's plain. It doesn't even really smell too good right now. And if he only said to me, he said, I want that egg because I can take that home and I can make my mom breakfast. Because we don't have a lot of food. I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I wonder why. And I said, I almost, I said, you know what, you could take this egg, because I felt so bad for him. He said, no, could I have this egg instead? Because then I can make my mom breakfast. And one kid came up to him and said, that's an ugly egg. Well, yeah, that's dumb to take that egg. And you know what he said? He asked first if he could hold it, because it's hollow, there's nothing in there, it's delicate. And he said, there's nothing in this, it's empty. He said, it's pretty. But if I take that home with me, this is important. And boy, did I get to thinking. Don't we kind of do life that way? We look at stuff and we go, ooh, it's so pretty. It's, it's worth a lot. A lot of money, a lot of value. But God looks for this. This is what he looks for. He looks for what's important on the inside. The goodness, exactly. There's goodness in this. And what did that seven-year-old teach me a lesson that day? It's not what it looks like on the outside. It's not how much money it might cost or how much time it takes to make it. It's what's on the inside that counts. Those eggs in that incubator, they weren't very pretty, but they're going to give you life, new chicken life. These, we can take that home, crack it, put it in the skillet, and have food to nourish our body. This is empty. Pretty. God doesn't want us to be empty. He doesn't care what we look like. The fancy clothes, the big house, the car, the money in the bank. This is what God wants from us. Something on the inside that will make a difference. A new chicken life. A new meal. This time together. So the next time, especially over summer, when we see kids, you know, they got the fancy bike, they got the pool pass, they got all this. You think about what's important. Spend the time with mom and dad. Spend time with church. If you are, you're not going to end up. Not just a hollow thing. If I drop this on the floor, it cracks. Oh. Right? Not <laughs> Dear Jesus, it's so easy to get caught up in what's all around us, the sparkly, and the expensive, and the fancy, and, and everything that, that draws our, our human attention. But please keep us grounded. Please keep it in our hearts that really what's important is what's on the inside. That's what's important to you so that we can make a difference to those around us. Amen. Amen.
Let us pray. Our God in heaven, we are in your presence. And while we are there, let us raise our voices to you. We know that we have gone astray during the, during the week. We ask for your mercy and forgiveness. We know that by receiving your mercy and forgiveness, that we have been made right in your eyes. Give us the strength and willpower to remain there as long as we follow your way and not the ways of the world. We know that you have given us the freedom of choice. Let our choices be made so that we are doing what you want and not what we want. We thank you for answered prayers. Make us more aware of your answers and ways in this troubling world. We know that you are with us wherever we go. Let us not venture too far astray. It is our role to follow you. May we do so obediently. By doing so, our reward for following and obeying you will be received in our next life. Dear God, we pray for the safety and well-being of our youth, and we continue to offer them encouragement. We pray for the unsaved and the unbelievers of the world. We pray for them so they can be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the law enforcement, the military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, health workers, and firefighters. We pray for the leaders of our country, our community, and church. May we hold fast not only to our religious beliefs, which we have shown so far in our struggle within our denomination, but also with the values we have been raised with and hold in our hearts concerning our country. May our currency retain its value within the world and here in our home. May we remain strong in our beliefs and our system of justice, our constitution and bill of rights. May we regain our number one status in the world. May we be properly prepared for what may happen in the future. And may we remember that in the Bible it says that God created male and female. Let us not, let us get back to what the Bible says. Help us in resolving the issue if we are willing to have the church tell us what to do when God has told us what not to do. We offer prayers for Tom and Roseanne Burkhardt. Now if there was a name that had come to the people while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now.
You've heard the cries that come from the people, dear Lord. We know that you have already started answering their request. We thank you for that. We thank you for this opportunity to bring those names to your, to your attention. Now let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would well, the ushers please come forward for the presentation of God's tithes, our gifts, and offerings. God in heaven, we present to you today these tithes and these gifts and these offerings that come from the members of this, this congregation. We ask that they be used to be helped with the running of the church here, and we're spreading your word throughout, throughout the area. We, give, we have the offerings are being presented today by our two young members of the, of the church. We thank you for them, dear Lord, and we ask that you accept all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend, and all of us said, Amen. Thank you, Bill. Please be seated. Our lectionary reading for the day comes from the book of John. Not Matthew, the book of John. Chapter 20. Verses 19 through 31. 31, yes. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We had seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The words to live by, the words for God. Thanks be to God. Did I hear thanks be to God from, uh, from out here? The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Very good. We have people we have to entertain back there, you know, on the internet. Okay, so I'm fulfilling a wish today. Okay. Gene stopped in the office one day this week, I forget what day, the days run together, and wanted to know why I don't come down the aisle anymore. So, here I am. Now, this is called Surviving with Doubt. When you separate yourself from Christian fellowship and try to be alone, you will find that you are missing out on a great deal. Positive things can happen to you within the fellowship of Christ's church. That will not happen elsewhere or when you are alone. If you come here when you're suffering, I guarantee, when you guarantee, I'll put it back with a 100% money back offer, you'll feel better when you leave. The healing work that God is trying to do to you can only be done through the Holy Spirit. Trying to do it on your own is a waste of time and effort. In January last century, 1997, astronomers announced that they had discovered through the Hubble telescope lone stars that had no galaxy to call home. These lone stars had drifted from the gravitational pull of their single galaxy. Like these isolated wandering stars, Christians drift from the community of Christ. But God never created us for the cold, the cold of isolation. We were created to be together in devotion to one another, not watching us on TV or on other things. It should be here. He made us for the warmth of fellowship. He designed us to live in community. Do you feel like I do when I might miss a church? Which very rarely happens. Although I've never been here on the first Sunday in November. 
My first Sunday of November, I was sick, and last November, I was sick. So hopefully this coming year, I'll be here. Maybe not any of the other Sundays, but on November, the first Sunday of, of November. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's important to, to get together like this. Or to get together later today at 3 o'clock when that lady's going to come and explain to us the different choices. You need to know what options are available to you. It's now in your hands. We're, we're a balloon ready to be released. Where are we going to go? Which wind are we going to follow? That's what, we'll be, that's what you will be hearing today and next Sunday, and then we vote on it. You might all decide you want to be a Jehovah Witness, or maybe a Holy Roller, or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's your choice. It, the, choice is, the choice is broader now than it was with, do you want to disaffiliate or don't you want to disaffiliate? This is a little broader. There's more choices involved. And still remaining a Methodist, because we've all been raised Methodists. We can still remain Methodists. We don't have to remain United Methodists. I won't go, in, I won't go into that. The job of spreading the gospel was passed on by Jesus to his disciples. His, the job was passed by his disciples to the world. That's us. Nowadays, 2,000 years later. It's still being passed around. Still being passed around. The word of God. Within this continual passing of the privilege to spread the gospel, we find what's referred to as the church charter. How many people have ever heard of the church charter? I didn't think so. I never heard of it either until I was researching, researching this. It's made of three parts. The first part is Christ needs the church. Christ needs the church to get his message across. Where would Christ be if there was no church? I guess they're assuming in this that people don't read the Bible at home. And most of them don't. Seven billion people in the world, seven million read their Bibles. Out of seven billion. Seven million read the Bible. Now, we, they don't know how often that is, or where is it? Is it always at home? Is it to somebody's house, or, 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 or whatever? I've never had to go through the experience of going into somebody's house, and there's a Bible on the table. Oh, yeah, we read the Bible, and I pick it up to look at it. And you have to blow the dust off of it. I've never had that, uh, that experience. The church becomes Christ's mouth, feet, and hands making Jesus dependent upon the church. The second one, the church needs Christ. Without Christ, the church has no message, no power, no one to turn to when things get tough, no one to increase our minds on spiritual matters, no one to provide strength and to encourage our heart. And the, uh, the church is dependent on Christ. Where would we be if we didn't have the, the, the Bible, the message of Christ to, uh, to give? We'd, be, we'd just be talking about uh, our experiences throughout the week. And you wouldn't need me. <gasps> you wouldn't need me. My goodness. The uh, son told me Thursday night when everybody left that the appointment goes until we disaffiliate. So I'm still United Methodist until we disaffiliate. 
It doesn't stop the end of June, because I asked him. He said, no, it goes until you disaffiliate. So this is why I'm putting the vote quickly, because I need to know which way you want to go, so I need to start filling out my application and getting everything ready for where we're going to go. So I, I can say I'm going to be, become disaffiliated as of August the 1st on my application. The third one, the church's message is always that of Christ and never that of man. I've heard of pastors who don't preach from the Bible. I don't know what they preach on, but they're, they're not preaching from the Bible. And some of them are on TV. I'm, I'm happy to say from, from July 1st to uh, 2010, I've always preached every Sunday from the Bible until I, until I had to take vacations. I went seven years without missing a Sunday. And I told him that at the DCOM meeting, and the, the chairman slapped his hand on the table. He said, the next time you come here next year, I want to hear that you've taken a vacation. So I worked it out with my district superintendent, who approved of this. I used to go to a course of study out in Ohio, near Columbus, uh, Friday and Saturday. So I would leave Friday morning, hurry up to get out there by 3.30. That's when class would start. And then uh, Saturday night, it, uh, I'm involved with the fastest, the fastest clearance of a parking lot in the history. When class is over at 3.15, 3.17, everybody's gone. Why? Because they have to get home, they have church the next day. Okay? So I said, okay, this will be my vacation. I'll go out a day early, and I can spend Thursday night doing whatever I want to. I'll go to the YMCA on Friday morning and sit in the steam room. Okay. And then I'll go to class Saturday, 3.15, leave, and I'll go walk in a nature park or something like that. Then I'll leave whenever I want to on Sunday. And I'd always be on the road to Hillbilly Hillgrove, Hillgrove, on the radio with the, with the Steeler game. Uh, and that was my vacation. And she accepted it, okay? And the counselor I was going to, I, I trained her to stop saying vacation. She just called it the V-Day. The V-Day. Because she knows I don't, I don't, I don't like, like vacations. Uh, you might, but that'll be, uh, that'll be determined by the, we have to get somebody else on the PPR committee, because we're down to two. We need, we need somebody else on there. Because I, I had a lady who was a lay leader at Waterford. I asked for a, I wanted to talk to them about something, and they had three lay leaders. Uh, so, and she came in and she said, I know you don't like vacations, but we do. Do you get my point? I said, I get it. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. So that was another reason why I started not coming back on, the, on, on, on Sunday. So, okay. The church fails when it tries to solve problems on its own without the wisdom and guidance from Jesus Christ. It is the duty of the church to communicate forgiveness to the heart seeking forgiveness and to warn the heart not seeking forgiveness that they are forfeiting the mercy of God. Doubt is not meant to change the mind. It's meant to sharpen the mind. Doubt will lead to questions. Questions will lead to answers. If the answers are accepted, 
then doubt has strengthened your faith. But when doubt becomes stubbornness, and stubbornness becomes a way of life, then doubt has weakened your faith. Share your doubt with another believer, because silent doubts rarely find answers. Go see somebody in the church. God forbid you call me and ask to see me. Be glad to have you over there in our luxurious office. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what they do? Hey, good heat. Turn it on. It's, a, it's there. We don't have any refreshments or anything like that, but please, come on. And there's a place for you to sit. You don't have to sit in my chair. If you have doubt, Jesus may come to you, but because of that doubt, you may not recognize him when he does. Hmm. How many times? You don't know the answer to this. How many times has Jesus come to you and you didn't recognize him because of your doubt? Answers to life's toughest questions come not because we seek them, but God comes seeking us, bringing the answers with him. Mm -hmm. Doubt from a searching heart are not sinful. Doubts are not sinful. Just those that come from a hardened heart. Uh-oh, I have a blank page here. I hope that doesn't mean anything. I hope it just means that it didn't print on that page. Active faith lives within. Conquers hell, death, and sin. Active faith. Having a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, will bring your soul to heaven. But having a great deal of faith will bring heaven to your soul. When you fight your way through your doubts to the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord, you have reached a level of certainty that those who accept things without thinking can never reach. Doubts, Thomas's doubt in the end arrived at certainty. Now, I don't know whether I'm missing something or I'm supposed to make up uh, uh, something, but this is the, the, next, the next page. I don't know. I didn't see it last night, that's for sure. Too often, when people don't accept Christ, they give up the first time. We need to stick in there. I've told you this before. They've done studies on this. A non-believer needs to hear the Word of God seven point something or other times in order to be convinced. Our job is to share the word with them. We don't know whether we're the first one, the fifth one, the seventh one. We don't, we don't know. That's not our job. Our job is just to share the word with the Lord, of the Lord with them. That's all. We can't let doubt weaken our faith. You've shown, you've shown your faith from the very beginning. When we took the first boat back on... October 30th, I think. Well, that's when I gave the presentation. I forget when the vote was taken. Now, there's so many dates involved with, uh, uh, with this. Uh, luckily, they're written down somewhere. Uh, you've shown, because that first vote was, was only 50%, I wanted to see where you laid, where your faith was. And you showed your faith. And you showed your faith with the first vote in February 6th. I always remember February 6th because that was my 74th birthday. 
So I can't forget that. And then we, you showed it again this past Thursday, whatever that was, the 13th. Something happened on March 13th. Oh, March 13th is when the committee went up to meet with the uh, uh, conference trustees. And you showed your faith last Thursday with all three churches unanimous. Unanimous. That was uh, uh, heartwarming. It, it, it was good to see. But we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Today you need to learn about what lays ahead. We have people working on taking care of things to, to cut the cord. <laughs> but now you need to know because you have to decide. Not a committee, but you have to decide which one you want to follow. And hopefully today you'll, you'll get hands out that you can take with you. She's bringing 50 packets with her. So that's a, a, a lot. And she'll, she'll be here right around 3 o'clock. Because her church, two churches, one church, is having a vote today after church. I forget which one it, which, which one it is because there's so many votes involved. But you've shown your faith. You've kept it. Even though we lost some people. You've shown which direction you want to go. You want your church leaders, clergy or, or laity, to be living a, a biblical life where the United Methodist Church is going woke. They're not, they're not the, their, their leaders can lead a non-biblical life. That's basically the difference between, between, between the two. Do we want the church telling us what we can do after God has told us what we are not to do? That brings it down very, very, very simply what it is. So let us pray. Our God in heaven, who provided us with the one and only example, your son Jesus Christ, that we are to follow in living our lives. When doubt enters, enters our lives, May you show us the way to use this doubt to strengthen our faith. In our times of need, may we continue our relationships in church so we may enjoy the healing power of the Holy Spirit. In your Son's most holy name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to try something a little different with our uh, closing, closing today. We're going to sing the first three verses. Then we're going to stop. We're not going on to the fourth verse yet. I'm going to give a blessing and a benediction, and then I'll, I'll say something to lead us in to the fourth verse, and we'll sing the fourth verse and then leave. So our lighter should come up when we, uh, when we uh, stop. So let us stand and sing our hymn of grace, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. Number 92 in the hymnal, or the words are on the screen.
rejoice in starting to see the beginning of the end of the progress process that we have been put through. Praise be to God. May we leave our time with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit by singing the final verse of our hymn of grace. Go and earn your day. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.